0: So
1: what up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lovick, people up in Tyler, people up in the Maha City of Denver, Colorado. People down the whole 305 South Florida region And the people down in Laredo You are tuned in to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing with us And Spin the One and Twos Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios 877-37-GRIND is your number You know the rules If you know what you want to talk about It is open phone lines uh, Feel free to give us a call Anything that happened over the uh, weekend and holidays day yesterday that you want to bring to the airwaves that we're not discussing feel free to do that the only thing we ask you to do is to call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly also keep in mind uh if you need to reach out to me or follow me on twitter you can do that at sports grind and if you want to stream the show live and leave comments um on, you know, during the show on stream, you can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment or go to my personal page and you can leave comments and I'll respond to those in real time uh, and read those on air. If not, I'll go ahead and respond to them later. And if you ever miss any of the episodes live, okay, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily, seven days a week, 365. And also, if you are in a market that doesn't carry us terrestrial radio wise or or you um, are having technical difficulties listening to us through your other means, make sure you also go to sportsgrindonline.com, where you can click the play button and you can listen to us live there. eight seven seven three seven grind What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right. So we're back here, fresh off the three-day weekend, the MLK weekend. Hope everybody had a great weekend, um, and everybody that's in South Texas, hope you're staying warm. So far, so good with Ericotte. You know, and other people up in Colorado are just laughing at us uh, in regards to it. But no, we, the whole state, really gets nervous when we have these Arctic blasts that come in here. I have no problem with it. I've said this before because I've grown and been born and raised in San Antonio, Texas, and um, winters last for like maybe three weeks, four weeks out of the year. Uh, but I think that's kind of changing with the whole climate of the earth changing maybe this is more the norm early cold fronts lengthy cold fronts coming from the arctic but i have no problem with it of course i don't want it like it was a few years ago when there was no you know water and electricity here for most places in this city when the whole state froze over uh but the uh little chill in the air doesn't uh, bother me at all but what do you got
0: well at least the arctic blast hit on an, a wild card weekend did nothing to do but sit a good
1: reason to sit inside oh, and watch football. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Um lucky thing on this one though, knock on wood, we didn't have too much participate, precipitation in this one. Uh, therefore, that caused the contribute, at least in the two one zero. I know they had problems more up to Fort Worth and Dallas. They always get the worse end of it. But, yeah, so we've got a lot to get to um, in regards to today. Of course, uh, as Jonas just alluded to, we've got to put a bow on wild card weekend that concluded last night, but we definitely got to back up and look at the action that took place starting Saturday that ran through Saturday and Sunday as well. Uh, we've got some other, you know, updates off the field, NFL, interviews, uh, potential hirings uh, that's in the process of going on. We got that. We've got the NBA uh, that continues to roll on fresh off of MLK Day. Uh, The Spurs made a big push in the second half last night to ATL and Hot Atlanta, but they fell short 109-99. Wimby had another big game, um, which is everybody, like I said, we knew kind of what he was going to be. Uh, you know he's getting more confident, and as things goes on. But again, it's about the progress of the team and going forward. I mean, however, they took care of business, um, at least to the two teams they were supposed to beat at the time. And we talked about it before we left. They were able to beat Detroit. Then they followed it up with the win against the Hornets. Um, and then they dropped a couple. And then they dropped Atlanta last night. So six straight
0: third quarter wins.
1: And like I told the little you little you know, things, Cal. Appreciate well, the little things. I can't I mean I, I, I've I've been paying attention to basketball probably, you know, since I was in middle school and I've been covering it professionally for twenty years and I've paid attention to it covered, and I've never really heard that big of an emphasis on quarters uh one, straight quarters. Now, in the ballpark of that It is a big deal in regards to, you know, when you talk about playoff contending teams and good teams in regards to who comes out of the locker room in that third quarter um, and sets the tone with adjustments. Now, I know this team over the years and I know you're bringing this up and, you know, you shared a tweet with me that somebody had brought this up because over the years of this losing, even before this year, they have had a real problem. Uh, in quarters, um, especially coming out of halftime. But I think, in regards to eventually, what's more important to me in these straight quarters or saying that they're locked in for one quarter is when it equals and, they, and it, and it parlays into W's. Because that's really just matters. Because if we're looking at baby steps and we're looking at glass full, half full, so half empty. I'm saying like okay, the other part of that, the other spectrum is that is that this is a team that can't play four consistent quarters. I mean, in in a nutshell. I mean the basketball is four quarters. Walk
0: before you run. Sometimes you even gotta crawl before you walk. But who three keep, and seven in their no. last ten, which a lot of people didn't see happening
1: during the eighteen
0: game losing
1: streak. I think it's a the goal. Little things. I think it's a. But that's. Little Things is winning two out of four, three out of six. You They still. The, there's nothing. They could win 15 and 20 quarters well, in a row. Three out of seven right now. Three out of seven of what? Their last 10 of the they're, game. If, and two games. of them. And, and two of them are. One of them is against the only team that they've got a better record than. Charlotte that came you can only in. You play had, who's in front of you. Charlotte had eight wins again. But there's no like. Straight quarters do, does not equate and mean anything unless it eventually goes in W's. That's all I'm saying. No, I mean to me that sounds like a go-go gadget arm stretch. Not just from you, because you showed me somebody else put it? And I think that's part of the problem because it's 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 dumbing down and lowering down expectations and, and trying to you know make chicken salad out of you know what.
0: It is lowering expectations because you this know. isn't a playoff team. They took the third quarter thirty-three to eighteen, closed the fourth quarter on thirty-two and twenty-two.
1: Part of erasing a thirty-six point deficit to a ten point loss. So when we look at standings and we look at things, is there ever a column for Ws, Ls, and quarters 1? What is the? I, I get what you're saying, in like it's a young to, team It's not a contending team. No, Calvin. but it doesn't you matter. Can't hold them to but, the but, same but, but it doesn't matter. Non-contending teams have never counted quarters. Period. Nobody, like I said, that's what you do. They from, do in those markets. The, in what markets? The
0: markets where they're lo- where they're losing. I, under- Jonas, I understand San Antonio. This is a rather. This isn't new even thing a San. This isn't years. even.
1: This isn't even a San Antonio thing. This is a professional thing. I have never heard. Uh, I've never heard anybody that covers the NBA, talk, whether it's a team that's the youngest team or this, and say, "Hey, you know what? They're six or seven and so many. Okay, but you know what? They won five, eight, ten quarter, third quarters in a row." That right there is just whatever, like in your world. Yes. When you're talking about, let me see what is the, po- what the- that's a positive, but what is that really saying? It's not saying anything like, so it, like, yes, you can look at, you can look at any negative, anybody in the world can look at a negative situation and try to look at the positives. That's all it is. It's trying to say like, okay, where can we go? Because there's no need to keep beating the drum about Wemby and he's doing a triple double or he did this. We knew what he was going to be. OK, we knew that. So to me, it comes down. How is the team evolving overall? So that's fine. That's looking at a positive and a negative situation. But my only pushback is says, OK, so really, what does that saying? that they're starting to know how to focus on this quarter? Well, why can't that leadership and whatever's going to get that to parlay into? A focus for all four quarters or focus for either all that. And that's it's not just about this year. This is where that team has been there up and down. But moving on, also in the NBA, uh the Nuggets are in action tonight. Um, they didn't play yesterday on MLK, but they are in action tonight, and tonight they will be taking on Philly, okay, on the road, which I think is there's only three games. Uh, Tonight on the docket in the NBA um, I think three or four It's a small night uh, Three, okay, but they're all three good games I mean, they're all three good games When you talk about uh, the Nuggets In Philly Okay, also you have uh, Sacramento and the Clippers. Uh, Sacramento and Suns. Sacramento and the Suns, and then you have Clippers and OKC. I'm sorry, I got those mixed up. But those are three kind of solid games on a short night coming off of MLK. The Lakers pick up a big win um, against that Thunder team, OKC, last night. You know, Lakers' wins have been far few between. Uh, they've been underachieving. Um, so I believe, you know, the game before that, LeBron got a night off. Um, and I will tell you this, it's like um, that game before that, that he took the night off, you know, and I've said this before, looking at that team, the way it's structured. And if you take LeBron off that team and you just leave it with Anthony Davis and the rest of the guys, I don't think Anthony Davis could get this team to the playoffs by itself. Not compete, not not even saying contending for a Western title, contending for an NBA. I don't know because Anthony Davis is so inconsistent with his effort and leadership and his motor every and like when he's all in that's when you get a 40 and 10 from AD or you get a 30 and 20. I mean, he's got that talent that's capable of it, but it's far in between and again, it just puts the more pressure on, you know, LeBron James on how many games does he have to really log in? How many times can he kind of take under the protocol the proper rest? They just, first of all, they look totally different when he's not on the court, even the course of the games that he's suited up to play, but let alone when he really takes the night off. It just, it looks bad, but that's an indictment, I think, on Anthony Davis because that's what he was brought here for. He's just too inconsistent for me. But that was a big win for them against Oklahoma, which I think will be, you know, a higher end seed in the Western Conference. So you got NBA continuing to roll on as well. So we'll circle back again um, to the NBA a little bit. But we've got a lot to get to when it comes to the National Football League because it is playoff time. It is the March to the Super Bowl in the desert. Uh, we got Wild Card Weekend under the in the books, I should say, as of last night. And we can kind of start with, obviously, um, probably the biggest story uh, of the weekend um, is going to Big D in Dallas, uh, where in the docket, you know, I kind of said it, the young boys, the young breeds pretty much just came in and ran Dallas out of the building, 48 to 32, uh, and and I put it the right way, embarrassed by youth. That's what it is. They got embarrassed by youth. And to be honest with you, that score, that game was not even that close to 48 to 32. It really wasn't. I mean, I think with five or the six-minute mark, it was like four. At that time, it was 48 to 16, I want to say, or something like that. Um, From the very get-go, I know it's been 24, 48 hours already of just nonstop of, you know, what is Jerry going to do and this and this is, you know— McCarthy gone I kind of want to start We can talk about that too But I want to kind of start With what I really witnessed With my own eyes Watching that game From the kickoff First of all When you're on a road And you are facing a team That has won 16 straight home games And in the court, dating back to last year And go with majority of these games With exceptions of one Speaking of the Detroit Lions And they have just ran shot Over everybody When you are a young team Pretty much the youngest team in the NFL and damn sure the youngest NFL team in the playoffs. When you when you take the ball, when you win the coin toss and you elect to take that ball against really their strength of their team, the defense, and you march all the way down like they did in the first drive and score. I knew Dallas was in trouble from that time on, which I talked about it last week before we broke on Friday or Thursday. I said, look, this is a game to where Green Bay's got a lot of weapons. And Jordan Love is playing good. But I said, you know what's going to be the success if this game is close or Green Bay pulls it up? I said, Aaron Jones running the football. And what happened? Aaron Jones ran it down their throat. And look, I've said it all year. I mean, in one in one breath, and this this game does not change that for me. Uh, but in, in in this whole year, I said that look, Mike McCarthy, the job that he has done with Dak Prescott is amazing um, because I think the fact of this is without a doubt. You know, you you can't just even those bad timing to have your worst game as a whole, but you can't really just go ahead and poo poo and erase all the book of work, body of work of the season. I'm not going to do that, regardless what I think. Okay, about the present or the future, but with that said, as long as I as long as I was going and saying that at the same time simultaneously, I was saying I don't trust this coaching staff as a whole and Lafleur. Um, I think on a, he's been doing that because I think I told you, this is a hard year for coach of the year candidates. I think there's a few that definitely need to get some votes, but I think on a big stage like that against the Dallas Cowboys being a touchdown underdog, you, he put a lot of questions to bed on his coaching ability when it comes through how much of that is Aaron Rodgers? how much of that was, you know, LeFleur, um, the thing that was more impressive to me before I get into the Dallas woes with Green Bay to give them credit and Jordan Love, because it looked real rocky early on for Jordan Love. And there were some people out there saying, hey, you know what? I don't know. This guy set for three four years behind Aaron. He should look better than that. What's the problem? And I really think, in my opinion, it's not really been talked about a lot, but I think the turning point of this situation was – and regardless, when when the antennas went up on Jordan Love is when the general manager came out and said, hey, we have confidence in Jordan. You know, we drafted him. But however, he's got to get going and we're going to see how the season plays out. When he put that out there, I think slowly but surely, and I'm not saying it's all because of that, but I think the antennas went up and all of a sudden it's just weird. Everything started falling in place and running smoother for this offense. And Jordan, he got more confidence. Now. The the tricky thing and the crazy thing about this is, is what I'm really impressed with in this particular game, Jordan Love, besides his throws, and I know Tony Romo has broken down a couple times, like, look, if you see him and how he uses his throwing motion and he lifts his back leg, and that's similar to the way Brett Favre threw here, then Aaron Rodgers picked it up in this, and that's all fine in Danny, the mechanics. But it's, what is really impressive to me about Jordan Love is his pre-snap. His pre-snap, he knew, like, Dan Quinn got his ass handed to him that day. He really did by Lafleur, Jordan Love. It's like they knew exactly what defense Dallas was going to be in, whether they were blitzing, and they knew exactly how they were going to attack this, and they really exposed the weakness of this defense, what I've been saying all year, okay, and for a while is they're questionable in the back end, still in my opinion, and the run, and they exposed it. But we'll get to more of that game when we get back and what's going to be the fallout, um, and I'll give you more thoughts and really about that game too. We've got other games, the Texans, all right, D'Amico, C. DJ get it done on their first crack and deliver the H town a playoff win. We'll get all to it. When we get back, you listen to the sports crime. We're broadcasting here from the maestro de bell tequila studios. We'll be back. much hotter shake things up with zing zang blazing bloody mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready to drink cans zing zang america's favorite bloody mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. please zing zang responsibly the trap, take me off the All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spinning the One and Twos. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877 37 Grind is your number. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. All right, if you're looking to check out what's the latest new products they have coming in, or you already know what they have, you just want it delivered straight to your doorstep, don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so keeping it moving here, um, let me finish my point about Jordan Luck because I've got the Facebook Live people chiming in here and popping off and knew it was when Dallas goes crashing. Um, Jordan Love's pre-snap is on fire. Uh, the game has really slowed down for him. Now, you can sit there and say, look, man, the guy's been sitting for three years. Okay, that's fine, but he didn't look like this. At the beginning of the season. But they've been looking like this for the last four or five weeks of the season. Which why I thought that they had a puncher's chance. And this game was going to be more competitive than people think. Because I told y'all last Friday. In the streets and on social media. that I thought there's a lot. I'm not going to say all. But there was a quite a big chunk of Dallas fans thought this was going to be a walk in the park. Because it was at home. And because you were playing this inexperienced team. Um, I cannot remember a game. On college level or the NFL level, that I tuned into, that I could feel the pressure and the tension from the team of one particular team, like coming through my TV set. They were tight and nerve like the pressure on that team from the body language to, and it really skyrocketed after they fell down 14 to 0. It it, it, I think it started out that way and then basically especially on the three and out on the first go and then it just built but they played tight and you could tell the pressure of the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl or bus NFC Championship or bus that was a group that was a team that obviously did not do a good job and could not block out the crowd noise from the coaching staff to the players. And that does fall on the head coach and the coaches. You've got to know the pulse of your team in regards to whether it's too much pressure. That's when a coach will sit there and say something crazy during the week to take all the pressure off a certain team and put it all on himself. That's when you know when you got one of those teams that are not really mentally tough and they don't deal under the pressure. That is on the coach. And the coaching staff. That was the one thing that they were up against. They were just too nervous, and they cracked under pressure. Now, with that said, the million-dollar question is where does Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys go from here? Before we get into those talks, let's get some reaction. I'll read some of your Facebook Live uh, reaction. We've got uh, Josh Medina uh, checking in. The Cowboys are cursed, and the only consistent factor in the last 30 years of futility is Jerry. Uh, Cowboys won't um, win until he's gone. Um, okay. Okay. I'll I'll respond to that. We'll keep it moving because that's nothing against Josh, but that's the obvious what people have been thinking for a while. Uh let's keep it going. Adam Martinez is checking in. It says Calvin McCarthy and Quinn were out, coach. Should Jerry get rid of both? And Dak doesn't deserve an extension. Your thoughts? Um This this is the this is what I'm gonna tell you. I mean, well, first of all, Dan Quinn might be out. Due to technicalities of getting a head coaching job. And according to Fox's Jay Glazier. Um, technically this the results of that game is not going to have a bearing on his interest of a head coach. We've got a lot of openings. OK, and this is a guy who interviewed last year and he's going to interview again. So the Dallas fans that want the the, the flesh and the meat of somebody. McCarthy, Quinn, that or whatever. Well, we know that the reality of it is you might get the Dan Quinn if that's what you wish for because he might get another head coaching job. Now, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, I don't foresee Jerry letting him out the building. I don't think he's going to be, even though as bad as the defense played, as bad as they played on Sunday, I don't think that he would be the sacrificial lamb that jerry would throw out pending on who the head coach is that is hired if there is a coach and change in mike mccarthy now to your your next point adam in regards to dax extension look the dallas cowboys have no other answer right now at quarterback they're not grooming anybody They're not – they are committed to Dak with this contract. He is up for extension. Um, Dak is not really going anywhere. He's not. Now, financially, when it comes to giving him an extension or what that's going to be, then granted, there could be some negotiations that really go to the point. The only way that I see a quarterback change is if, for one, there's got to be a coaching change, and for two – you really have to have a true plan on if we move away from Dak, what are we doing? And I'm going to tell you why that's that's kind of a yin and a yang and it's opposite side because it's really what the problem is right now on why there would be coaching changes. But what do you want to add? Well,
0: AGLTX here on Facebook says, Trey Lance, is that your option moving forward? Not
1: right now. And even if they change coaches, look, Trey Lance barely had 12. I don't even know how many starts he had, barely 13, 14 starts in college. We know his injury history when he got to the 49ers. So he hasn't had that much real live time rep, uh, game rep. The point of what I'm getting to is if there's coaching changes done right now, and that's what Jerry decides to do. It's because he feels this roster is unachieved and basically it's not achieving the potential of a Super Bowl caliber roster or at least a conference championship roster. The roster that he built. The roster that he built. The reality of it is if you go to Trey, if the people out there that think Trey Lance is the answer, then you're taking steps back, man. This team is not going to be, then you're not contending to get to the NFC championship game. You're not continuing to get past the 49ers and what it looks like now, you didn't fell behind Green Bay. Because Gr- Green Bay, and I said this Friday, Green Bay is going to be competing for Super Bowls for a while here. They they just have done a nice job on the cool, under the radar, dealing with the Aaron Rodgers diva fiasco that went on for the few years. And while that's slowly but surely, they have acquired a young bit of talent of receivers and a quarterback that was groomed their way of the way they do it that set that didn't rush that's prepared and is very young that you got to worry about them now so it's not just the Philadelphia Eagles that I've been basically preaching it's not just and we'll get to them it's not just you know the other teams in regards to the 49ers now you got to deal with the Green Bay Packers because after getting beat down like that you can't tell me without a doubt Dallas's roster is that better than Green Bay now if you want to put it all in a coaching well we'll see that's a whole different story but that's the reason why Trey Lance is not the answer right now for this particular team because on one hand we can't sit there and say Jerry Jones is 83 he's 82 however old Jerry is Jerry didn't have that much time but he's going to sit there just because he don't want to pay Dak or he thinks he hasn't got his money his ROI return on Dak or the fan base wants Dak out or Dak basically keeps coming up small in these big playoff games and going to Trey Lance then you're not then bottom line is you're not that doesn't you're not a Super Bowl contending team we don't know what Trey Lance is. And like I said, there's other the McCarthy has done a good job with Dak Prescott, but we've yet to see this organization take a quarterback from a baby all the way up until then, post Jimmy Johnson era, post Bill Parcells, when Sean was there and finding Tony Romo under the cushion of the couch in Division II College, or whatever it was. So I would just sit there and say, no, Trey Lance is not the answer right now. Trey Lance was a project. I think Trey Lance was traded for by Jerry for a semi bargaining negotiation chip and then pretty much a project to be like hey if i can get a guy from this system in the 49ers and that intel, and we we get him for cheap yeah there you go but to sit there and say he's going to be ready in 2024 then you're not competing you're, you're not a contender um that's so that's my opinion so the whole deal is if you're going to move on from dak you're going to have a veteran answer Or if you're not, then you're accepting the fact that, look, we're about to rip this to the studs and we're about to start over. And I don't think Jerry at 83 is down for that while he's above six feet. So that's my deal on that keeping it moving terry rivers what is so surprising about the results sunday afternoon there were three different times this season where the dallas run defense was trash the personnel up front on the d with the d line and the linebackers are way too small to play against physical teams there are too many games in the past that three years where dallas is an opportunity in the regular season to which they can earn some respect and beat a really good team but they fail it's not a surprise to me as to why they lost uh, part of that is true Terry but I'm gonna have some pushback is for one yes I've been talking about Dallas's run defense for the last couple of years okay there's also that finally finally somebody came to the party that I heard Uh shout out to Marcus Spears this is on uh, NFL live you can catch him during the week when NFL live he does some Time's on, you know, um, get up. You see him on first take. And he was part of the coverage of the Tampa Bay and um, Eagles game yesterday. And, of course, the big story is because it's Dallas, they're lost. And he said exactly what I said in different terms coming in here at the trade deadline. I took Dallas over the Coles because when I said, look at the 49ers, look at Philly, look at the couple years, they all have done something at the trade deadline to help their roster for two years Dallas has stayed pat and not done anything okay so part of me is no Terry I don't think it's uh a, a surprise or shock that they got they ousted out in the playoffs early but not even you Terry because I'm not going to believe that because nobody nobody saw that type of beat coming from the Green Bay Packers in their house they were a seven-point favorite with minus 355 on the money line. Was this going to be close? I thought it was going to be closer. But to sit there and think that they could win poss- a beat down like that? No, Terry. No, 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 Nobody saw that coming. I'm sorry. And you did. I understand what you're saying in regards to, well, they, you know they've had opportunities over the year to beat winning teams. They can't do it. Okay, those are all facts. We've known about the pressures of Dak Prescott coming to small. Nobody saw that. Nobody saw a score 48 or 48 to 16 at some point with five minutes still left in the ball game. Nobody saw that. OK, um, so with that said, let's talk about the possibilities of going or where they go. Now, I had on the docket because Jonas brought this up on Thursday and Friday. I think it was Thursday or Friday. And he brought up the fact of the Bill Belichick theory. In regards to, hey, going in all one year, this is Bill. This is Bill's opportunity to get a ring. Um, You know, if Jerry feels like he's going to borrow time and he really wants to win, then he'll just do this and this will be an all year, one year. And I pushed back on Jonas on that. and um, It's on Thursday's podcast. Thursday podcast. And all of a sudden, after the defeat... This story starts to get some legs where now everybody has jumped on. Hey, you know, there's Bill. Well, Mike McCarthy, because there's Bill and Jerry Bill. And I text Jonas during the game when it was 21 to 0 I said, "Hey, man, your Bill Belichick theory might get put to the test. Um, I've had more time to think about it, um, but it hasn't really changed my mind too much of what I said. And this is the reason why um, I'm not going to tell you it's impossible to happen. Uh, for one, Bill has already interviewed one of the teams that I had that I looked at as possible one of the two teams, uh, really three. My dark horse team is still the New York Giants. Um, but Atlanta was one of them because of the ownership in Arthur and, of course, the Chargers. The reason why I haven't changed, I'll entertain it as it being a thought now. But the reason why I still won't change, because I've thought about this even more, because my initial reaction to Jones, like, no, dude, that's I, Bill's not going to work. But then I start thinking like, OK, the money aspect, this, this I'm going to go by what I've seen and what I know. OK, we can all say when somebody is to the end of the expected life that we all get, you know, some of us will be a fortunate to live into the 80s. Some of us won't. Some of us live beyond. But when you start getting in that age, you start really cherishing, you know, really how much time you have left. That could be one aspect to sit there and make that move out of desperation. But at the same breath, I can look at it to where I feel more comfortable about it, because there's data that shows you that a couple things. One, um, when you get that old and you are a wealthy billionaire And you basically bought the Cowboys on a gamble at losing a million dollars a month. And it's been almost over 30 years since you've even reached any type of glory. And you are the one responsible for breaking up the original plan premature. If you're 83, why are you going to change now? What's going to change now? Because this is one of those situations where talks like this has gone on since the Bill Cowher uh, availability and everything else. Number two, I just feel this. Bill Belichick still wants to coach. He's taking interviews. But also, I don't think Bill Belichick, despite what we want to say what his record is without Tom Brady or what the last three years have looked like at personnel with New England, and you know this was really a firing and it wasn't a mutual part of ways, whatever way you stand, the one thing that I will say with all that, Bill is not desperate. And when you're not desperate, you don't have to take certain type of situations as they come. We've all been in desperate situations before in our life. So for me, even for this to be a reality, Jerry has to make some serious, serious concessions because there's a lot. And I said this on Friday or Thursday when we talked about this. There's a lot of BS additional that comes with coaching the Cowboys that nobody else has to deal with. nor the franchise. Jerry hasn't changed that as yet. The second reason why I'd have to see it to believe it. Jerry does not believe in paying top dollar for coaches. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't have a history of it. The only time that he did it, and I really think, and I'll keep going, that he did his investment is to get that Jerry World built when they were in the bottom of the mud and they had to call Bill Parcells in for the name brand of Bill Parcells and the football knowledge to really get us out the dirt. OK, he doesn't pay for coaches. That's why And if Bill Belichick is going to go coach America's team and he understands the history. He understands now. Granted, what I learned, I didn't know like Bill and Jerry have some type of relationship. They do. And they are cordial. And I think this is why there's smoke to fire where people are doing this. But I'm looking at the history and the facts and what I feel. The bottom line is this, is that Jerry would have to pay a lot of money and he would have to concede a lot. That changes the role of Steven Jones. And I believe that changes the role of my man, my brother. I always forget his name. The guy ahead of personnel that has done a decent job of drafting. And the third last thing, the reason why I would sit there and have to really buy into this Bill Belichick coach in the Dallas. Now, look, look, it's a good NFL story. And I know Jonas didn't give it. I know Jonas likes giving stories, but he really spoke from the heart. Like, no, look at this. And I've tried to say, OK, let me use a few days. Look at it. It hasn't really changed as much because I'm looking at these factors. The third and last one. Okay, is part of the reason why I don't see it happening is the same reason why I feel Dallas has been here for the last 25, 30 years because of what Jerry Jones wants to win. But he wants to do it this way. If Jerry goes higher as Bill Belichick and let's say within two years, Bill Belichick wins a Super Bowl with this roster and this this uh, this quarterback. Who do you think is getting the credit for that? You think Jerry's getting the credit for that? No, the narrative that's going to suck the tension out of the room is going to be like, damn, Bill Belichick won Dallas's first Super Bowl since the night and he won one without Tom Brady and he solidified the GOAT and he passed Don Shula while doing it. That's the story. And that bothers that man. That's the reality. Because if it didn't, they wouldn't be in this situation for the last 25 years. Because there's been some proven coaches, some qualified coaches that kind of want it their way and kind of do it like, hey, all right, let me cook the grill. Let me They've been available way up until now, and Jerry has not budged. So, with that said, um, it's a possibility, man. Anything's a possibility. I just don't see it. If there's going to be a coaching change, the closest thing to somebody being proven That if they decide, if he decides to move for Mike McCarthy and he coaches, he's willing to bring in that technically wouldn't be a yes guy or check by me type of dude that's available that I know the top of my head is a Mike Vrabel. Other than that, if he makes a move for Mike McCarthy, it's going to be a coordinator, an up corner coordinator, or you make a lateral move, say, you know what? I'm not going to let him out the building. I'm just going to give Dan Quinn the job. It's the way I look at it playing out. But that's why we wait to see. I have odds for you when we come back. It's yeah, important. we'll definitely get to that. Definitely want to touch on some of the other games, especially the debacle with Philly, man. And then before we get back, we've got to go to H-Town and give some love to D'Amico Ryans uh, and that squad in Cleveland. What the hell was that? We'll talk about that when we get back. you listen to The Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this...
2: It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos X Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos X responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York. The biggest savings of the season are at specs. The fun starts here.